0: what i've learned in entrepreneurship is if you don't want to show up then don't do it
1: the world is full of so many incredible stories just waiting to be heard this podcast is a personal public journal of lessons learned and untold tales i'm Mandile. Welcome to and other things. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of And Other Things. Today I am joined by Elsie. She is a Zimbabwean brand strategist and an award-winning blogger. She is the founder of Shop Ifuru, an online thrift store based in Zimbabwe that promotes sustainable fashion. She's also a creative soul who loves a good book. Thank you, Elsie, for being here.
0: Hi, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> of course. How's your day going? Um, school case okay. started pretty early. Um, a so lot's happening, but it's going well. Um, it's warmer now in Zimbabwe, so that's better. It's not as cold yeah. anymore. <laughs> that's yeah. That's
1: nice. Here it's transitioning into like the fall time, so it's getting mm. cooler, but it's still a little warm right mm. now. Oh, okay, I see. <laughs> Okay, so we're gonna start with um, just three fun questions that have nothing to do with the episode, just to loosen up and mm. get to know each other a bit. Okay. So the first question is: Would you rather experience the beginning of Planet Earth or the end
0: of Planet Earth? I'd <sighs> rather experience the beginning of Planet Earth. Yeah. Oh really? because then that's creation i think that is true yeah so it's like more beautiful and like when people talk about the end of planet earth it sounds chaotic and ooh, i don't (laughs) i don't want to witness that
1: Uh, yeah i don't know if i want to be there now that (laughs) at first i was thinking well if i experienced the end of planet earth that means i would have lived until the end so that's pretty cool but now that you say it doesn't really mean creation.
0: it doesn't (laughs) that's true (laughs) yeah No. no you could have just been born and you're just like 15 and then, oh, it's time for planet Earth to end. Oh my god. And gosh. There you are. <laughs> that is a horrible thought,
1: but yeah. that makes sense. Okay, so I, I agree with you on the beginning of planet Earth. Yeah. Um, What's your dream job if money didn't matter?
0: Dream job? You know, that's a very... It's a very interesting question. But... Do I even have an answer for that? I don't know. (laughs) Is what you're doing now your dream I love what I'm doing now. Yeah. Mm. But I'd probably want to... Yeah, you know what? I want to be a programmer and work from home.
1: You want to be a programmer? Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Okay. Love it. Love it. Well, that definitely has a lot of money. So even if money does matter, you'll be set. Uh, I would say life. mine is exactly I would say mine is um being a chef oh because I've always wanted to be a chef like in another life I thought I would be a chef um and then I also want to start my own magazine so hmm. yeah that would require a lot of money and will take a lot of money away from me <gasps>
0: oh well Um, you can you can do it digitally because then everything is going digital so then that's like half the cost that's true a quarter of the cost that you would need to start like a physical magazine that involves printing Mm. and yeah so but it's interesting wow
1: I love the advice from the entrepreneur (laughs) already
0: (laughs) I'm gonna be taking notes I just I just speak I just speak I just say things (laughs)
1: okay and then the last question is what is something you think everyone should do at least once in their lives
0: i think everyone once in their lives should go and see animals Ah, like like a like any animals like okay specifically like a giraffe and like feed like feed a giraffe and like go see some zebras you know just be oh i love that yeah just be out. And in the nature and just mm. yeah, just some peace and quiet just go for a mm. safari or something yeah, I definitely think mm-hmm. everybody should get to do that okay, and they should do it
1: in Zimbabwe of course,
0: right? wherever, like Kenya <laughs> has got the giraffe manor, so, mm. so you know and if, I'm sure like almost every other country has. I think in Africa mostly um, they do have that so any country yeah. in Africa that has got like wildlife, I'd really mm. recommend it, to, yeah I love that
1: um, I would say everyone should have a conversation with someone who has views that they don't agree with.
0: It will it'll test your patience. Exactly. And you, you will. realize like your character, what type of person you are. It's funny exactly. how this morning I was actually having a conversation with someone who had a different opinion to mine. Mm. and you know like I just had to and also there's that thing where you stand firm in what you firm in your beliefs and also allowing another person's views to be different but still be respectful so yeah I think that's definitely a test of character and exactly quite interesting yeah
1: we need that in this world honestly like the conversations Mm. okay great
0: um okay so tell me a bit about your upbringing yeah so I was born and raised in Mutare, which is like a small town in Zimbabwe. It's like near, Mm -hmm. it's in the Eastern Highlands near Mozambique. Um, Grew up in a neighborhood called Florida Um, in a family of five. I'm the fifth one. I'm the last born. So I've got got two older sisters and two older brothers. But yeah, so I did my primary um, in the same neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And then my high school, I first went to a boarding school for about 3 years which boarding school I went to Hartsel so High it was okay. a mission school and then after that mm-hmm. I went to Christ College which was like a day school we are um i guess i just i had quite a It was a really good childhood. Yeah, my Mm -hmm. upbringing was really, really good. Supportive parents that sort of, you know, supported my creativity and always made Mm me believe, like, I can be anything. Like, I'd wake up and I'd be like, guys, I want to be a lawyer. And they'd be like, you're so so great at it, Elsie. You'd be so great at it. Oh, that's great. And I'd wake up and be like, you know what? I think I actually want to um, be a doctor. And they'd be like, you'd you'd knock it out of the park, Elsie. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Yeah, so I think I've just grown up. Um, being told that I can be and just be, you know, myself, um, mm-hmm. you know, and just being comfortable in my skin and the way that, you know, I look like. So, yeah, that was that. And that's that, I went to university, Nelson Mandela University mm-hmm. in Port Elizabeth, South Africa. And, yeah, it was a good experience. And then, yeah, I just entered into the working world, you know, working, working. And then I moved back to Zimbabwe yeah. about a year and a half ago. Um. Yeah, and then I like, started working here. Um. You know, started my own business, mm-hmm. and yeah, we're here today at, at this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. Okay, so
1: I just want to backtrack a bit. Mm-hmm. Um. So, you said your parents were very supportive. Yeah. And going into university, because I know for African parents, like their child's degree is one of the most important things. So, you told me before we started that you wanted or you studied communic- media and communications. Did you know before starting university that that's what you wanted to do? And how did you tell
0: your parents that? And were they supportive of that decision? <laughs> that's actually a funny story. So, when I wanted to apply, my dad was that because I by a levels i did business studies accounting and geography so mm-hmm. when i wanted and to a levels
1: apply- just for context are like the exams that you take at the end of high school
0: <laughs> yeah those ones so i was like my dad was like hey, you can apply to any university South Africa that you want but mm-hmm. um either choose between like accounting and law law or, or business i was like oh okay cool so then I applied for accounting at Nelson Mandela University, but like when my acceptance letter came, it said BA General. So my dad was like, "Well, it's midyear, so you might as well just go to university, and mm-hmm. like spend the six months just figuring out your life and just you know being at a campus, so that because he was worried that if I was to spend the whole year at home." not doing anything maybe I might not want to go to university yeah so I I, you know I, I went and I did my BA general just doing artsy modules and stuff like that just trying to figure out what I wanted to do Um is, I sorry don't is
1: a BA general does that just mean you have no decided path
0: no it's just a budget of arts general and then it so, but what the, does
1: general mean like you can take any doing, classes
0: no you can't take any classes you take classes in the arts faculty yeah faculty yeah oh yeah okay interesting so I did yeah there was film there was newspaper writing there was quite Mm -hmm. a there was quite a lot of stuff um Mm -hmm. and then yeah that was six months and then someone told me about the BA media communications and culture I sort of looked it up and there was PR and then you could be you could be a PR officer PR manager and you know all those sorts of things like you know maybe being like a like a producer, depending on the modules that you take. So then I then decided to do my Bachelor of Arts in Media Communications and Culture. I didn't tell anyone. So in my father's head, <laughs> I went and pleaded my case and got my accounting acceptance. Right. So come oh. the next year, my full academic year. You know, I'm slaying, I'm slaying Thome, I am slaying, Um. you know, literature, I'm re- doing Greek mythology mm-hmm. as a module. I passed my first year, great, everything's great. Second mm-hmm. year, first semester, same thing, I passed everything, I go back to school. And then at the end of the year, my dad's like, yo, I'm looking at this transcript and I don't see anything to do with numbers. Oh my <laughs> gosh all i am seeing is uh, language LES, english uh, and i see F- african african film I see what has what, what happened? i was like oh, oh by the way i didn't end up going um, to get the accounting you know you know place at university i just did a BA <laughs> media communications and college he was like and then what do you become i was like oh and you know i could be a film producer um, I'm majoring in public relations because it sounds more serious, so I can be a public relations yeah. officer And he was like, "Oh, it makes you happy? Great! Wow, <laughs> not many parents would react like that." I did my final year and and I graduated.
1: Oh my gosh, that is a crazy story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. that's what happened. That's wow. What happened. Well, at least you had his support yeah, no, when um, he found out.
0: It's great support and I appreciated it.
1: Okay, so you graduated with a degree in media and communications with a major in PR and print. And, and PR and yeah. print. So, what led you to start Shop Ifuru, e which is your online thrift store that's based in Zimbabwe? How did you, what steps? or was there like a certain moment where you're like, "Oh my gosh, this is what I want to do," or had it been something that was in your mind for a long time.
0: Okay, so it's got stories, got it's a big okay. story to this. So growing up because I'm like the last born, um, there was a lot of hand-me-down business going on. Mm. So yeah. be like, "Oh, you know, this bed was your older sister's. So you can like use it now." <laughs> yeah. You know, um you know, and I always my my older siblings we're always my sister's very like you know stylish they knew their fashion business you know like if they were yeah. those kind of people who've had a constant style like like you know trends mm-hmm. come and go, but then their style is still elegant and it's still nice, so I always loved like you know like the little hand me downs that I'd get from them, and then oh. also my mom would um yeah my mom would I would go gifting with my mom like on a Saturday morning and then we just go to the market at like six AM because then my mom would say, We need to get there in the morning when they're still opening like the bales, which is like the piles of the bags of clothes, so that we get like the cream stuff. So we do that on weekends. And then when I grew old.
1: Wait, can you just can you pause quickly? Can you describe um like flea markets and that situation for people who are not from Zimbabwe? <laughs> just paint a picture.
0: <laughs> it's like a very crowded place. So it's like what? It's just like one big area where there's a lot of people with stalls. So sometimes they don't have tables, so they just put a cloth on the floor, and then they've got sometimes heaps of clothes that are half or as tall as you, half your your height, like as tall as you. So like they'll they'll just be open. They'll just be putting the stuff on the on the cloth, and then you get to Mm -hmm. sort of like pick stuff up and figure out if you want it or not. Yeah. So it's like a very busy place.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like it's a there're flea markets that have everyone has stores but then they're also like the other markets where some have stores and then some yes like some codes are on the ground and you yeah just so that's
0: what it's like. Go through you just get in it's there. Chaos. it's just chaos and if, if you're not used to like crowded yeah. places like that like it would be really hectic if you've got like anxiety or whatever yeah. because everyone is just bumping against each other. You know, and if you're yeah. not actually careful, someone can actually put their hand in your bag and they can take out your stuff and you won't even know it because there's so many people. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah, basically, that's what it's like. Okay. So you would go there on the weekends then, with your yeah, mom? Yeah, with my mom. And then when I got older, I realized my sister, my older sister, also liked doing that. So we would go, our dad would just drop us there, then he'd come pick us up later. And then when I first started, to, when I when I went to university just was like, oh, let's go and get you some stuff for, you know, school. So mm-hmm. it then became a thing for me that at the beginning of the semester, before I leave, leave Zim, I would go and get a couple of things. And when I get to school, people would be like, oh, where'd you buy that? That's so nice. I'm like, oh, nice. I twisted it in Zim. What do you mean? I'm like, yeah, it's like secondhand. Like secondhand. Oh, nice, you know. And they'd be like, why don't you bring it and then sell some stuff to us? But I just thought, ah, oh, that's too much admin. And besides, like, I want to have access mm. to stock all the time you know so then I was mm-hmm. like okay guys I'm just gonna do a blog so that you guys can you know see where how I pair up my things and then mm-hmm. um yeah and then when I finished so what I'd do then was that like at the end of the semester I'd sort of like do a closet sale and I'd be like oh if you saw something that I was wearing and you liked it it's on sale wow you can buy it so I'd have like Elsie's wow. closet sale and I'd invite people over so even before i left i had a major like closet sale and you know did you do this just telling your friends or yeah
1: just... so you had this blog that you started mm-hmm. where you would post i guess outfit pictures mm-hmm. yeah and was it called what was it called was it just called like elsie's back closet then, back
0: then it was called differently confident
1: okay i love that and then you would just tell your friends like come and shop what you want from my closet yes
0: and then i just put it on my status and then my friends would share with their friends their friends would share with their friends so like at my place like i just put stuff outside and it'd be just loads of people coming through and trying out stuff and buying oh. and going yeah wow so when i moved to zim i then thought hey now i've got access to stock it's like 15 minutes away so maybe i could sell but then like how do i disrupt how to do mm. it and then i was like what problem can i solve and then i realized that i live near sort of it's like a it's like uh, two rides away from where i live but there are other people who are on the other side of town who mm-hmm. don't necessarily have time to go there or there are people that yeah. would have to go there but they're just not good with crowds or there are mm. people who um you know could go there they don't have crowd anxiety but they just don't like the admin of then, you know, going, yeah. coming back, washing the clothes, and then steaming them or whatever. They just want convenience. Or it could yeah. just be someone who gets overwhelmed by so many they want Someone pick out the, like, curate something for them, and then they just buy from that. It's like less of stuff to choose from. So then I was like, okay, so then I'll solve those problems for them. So I'll just do it online.
1: Wow. Yeah. You
0: know. Yeah, that's how, that's how we, that's how I started.
1: (laughs) That is such a great story. Oh my
0: (laughs) gosh.
1: So you started the online store. Was it still called Differently Confident or had you now switched to? No, it was
0: just, I just, I decided to build a brand which was just separate from the whole blogging thing. So it was just shopping for, the start.
1: Do you still have your blog, Differently Confident?
0: No, I don't. Um, Okay. No, I don't (laughs) anymore.
1: That's okay. And how did you come up with the name Shop Efuru? Um, I and what does it mean? So Efuru? I love
0: I love Janet Aiko, and her other name is Efuru. So like years back, I, okay. I researched and I was like, what does that even mean? And it means um, uh, what does it mean? It means daughter of heaven. So when I googled it, so then I was just like, hmm. wow. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say Shop Efuru. I think it sounds. I think it sounds cool. I think it's got a vibe to it um yeah. yeah I mean that was that
1: it does have a vibe to it so <laughs> how did you did you you said you wanted to be a programmer did you build the website on your own
0: no but I was like hands okay. on I was I'm sure like the person that did, did my website would be like to everybody I don't want a client like Elsie you feel like Elsie <laughs> I am not going to help you <laughs> because I had the site map I had notes and I don't know how many wow. I don't know how many times we did revisions like I'd just be like, I don't like this one. I don't, I don't, I don't like this color. just move that. Yeah, I don't like that icon. You know, it was just. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but I can do That's basic really cool basic design, but using templates. But I just wanted someone to code, um, for my site.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay, I see. That's really awesome. Wow, you are a multifaceted woman. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, if you say so. <laughs> <laughs> You got to own it. Okay, so you was the website the first thing you set up before the Instagram page.
0: Did them Well, obviously the website had work was had to go in before the actual launch.
1: So yeah. a lot
0: of work went into the website and then the Instagram page was so it was first it was the website and then it was the the, the initial photo shoot and then once mm-hmm. I had done the um photo shoot then photos were uploaded on the website, then I then you know did my instagram
1: page and sort of like hyped it up through my personal page and yeah and so I when was this what year was this this when was you last were year in april off? okay you were managing all of this on your own like the photography everything. the website the instagram page getting the word out to the marketing you were doing all of that on your own yep
0: I was.
1: did you have a partner nope. or anything nope wow surprisingly
0: like when i started everybody wanted to be my partner but um i think for me um not that i don't want to partner with people but for me i think it would be a really like um a big decision for me because Mm. of my reasons for doing it because i understand the economic situation in the country um you know everybody wants to you know buy and you know sell stuff or whatever but for me the sustainable fashion aspect of it is very important so Mm -hmm. like people's views like what are your views on sustainability what do you do on like a daily basis are you that type of person that like throws trash everywhere because if i don't find a bin i will carry my trash home with and i will put it at home in the bin you know so i look at you know the like values, that. yeah, and and also my vision because, I because for me what's important is meeting up with people, you know, helping girls find denim because you know like people there are some people with bodies finding jeans. Oh my, yeah, people that just walk it's into like... Zara and they just try on three pairs and they find it. But for me, up yeah. always been an issue. Either it was perfect fit by the hip, but then the waist is too big, or exactly. the waist looks like it's gonna be perfect, but then eye i don't you know. can't get it over your bum I and can't, your eyes I, I <laughs> and i just have a body like that so for me mm. for me it's when I, I meet someone i meet christine christine is like looking for denim and then i get her vintage denim she fits into it it's perfect just the look on her face and her excitement wow. like oh my god these are the best things. for me that's what it is so yeah like you know so it's very difficult to
1: to bring someone to bring, in on that. yeah if
0: you're not sort of like on the Aligned. Yeah, so it's just been—it's just been me and my vision and my friends supporting me. So, oh, I need to stop saying so. I realize I've been saying so so. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, when you were doing the photography, who who actually shot the photos? Was it you? And how did you find the models?
0: So initially, I just asked a friend of mine. I was like, "Who's a good photographer?" And she gave me a guy's name. Um, that was back when I was in Mutare before I moved to Harare, the capital city for my job. So, um, I was just like to an old friend of mine who was also home from Harare I was like, yo, you want to come and, uh, shoot stuff for my store? Secondhand though. <laughs> She's like, yeah, sure. I'll come. And then I was like to the guy that was going to do the photo. I was like, do you know any dark skinned girl that looks nice and close? He was mm. like, yeah, I do. I'm going to send you the number. <laughs> and then I sent her. <laughs> and then, yeah, the two girls just showed up. And I was like, yeah, you can try on this stuff. So my other friend, she couldn't fit into most of the stuff because um, the sizes were a bit small and I hadn't taken cognizance mm-hmm. of that. So um, mm-hmm. the guy did the shoot and then he shot the two girls and that was our first shoot. And then he did my second one, but because he lives in Mutare and I now live in another city, I then had to mm-hmm. find someone else, which I now have. And that's just, yeah, that's just what we do. Mm-hmm. I almost said
1: so. <laughs> so? <laughs> you are you are you working another job. So in your bio it says that you are a brand strategist. Yeah, that's my
0: 9 to 5. So I work at a youth consultancy as an account oh. executive, but so what I basically do is business development and I do strategy. So now I'm saying so like okay. you. <laughs> <laughs> we
1: caught the so bug. <laughs>
0: Um, that's okay. what, so my nine. My ninety-five. I do marketing and advertising on a, from a strategy point of view as well as okay. business development. So it's running that it's that showing up for work. Even though now I work from home, it's that mm-hmm. and the store as well. And we now have a showroom. Um, it's a shared space with another wow. brand, so people can come in and try on stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And the job that you're working as a brand strategist slash account executive, is that how you are funding Shop Efuru? Have you received any investment? Is everything out of pocket?
0: So Shop Efuru runs by itself. I don't take any of my salary to fund that baby. That baby funds itself.
1: <laughs> okay, wow. But I guess
0: when you initially started with the website and photography... Yeah, so from the start, it wasn't even... My job, because then I hadn't found my job yet, so I paid for everything, like sort of like the 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 money that I had saved over, like you know, Christmas and my previous mm-hmm. job, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. But then That's I just really decided cool. that it, they should run as two separate entities. They finance themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we really go. Cool.
1: And going back to your first launch, I'm a little all over the place, but how did you? Did you just do the clothing run on yourself? You went to the market on your own, picked out all the clothes that you wanted, washed them at home, steamed them, ironed them, and then had the models wear them all on your own. Yep, you got it very correctly. That's what I did. And were, when you were looking for the pieces, were you looking for a specific style? Was it your personal style? It was my personal style, looking- and I won't even okay. lie—like it
0: was just things that I thought looked nice. <laughs> okay,
1: and how did the first launch go?
0: so it was okay um because online shopping back then i mean it sounds like 10 20 years ago but it was like a white space people weren't so into that or Mm. and you know starting to talk sustainable fashion so there was a lot of you know how it is like you know on your social media spaces there was a lot of support but i Mm. realized that people you know i was doing stuff that i thought looked nice but people had like Mm. different tastes so then i started doing like you know um custom stuff like someone would say to me i'm looking for blue size 10 the high waist um, ripped denim jeans so then i would know that every weekend i'm going to the market to look for stuff for michelle um tatenda and uh, you know so it was like a personal shopper vibe yeah for the first couple of for the first couple of months. And then because okay. I was, you know, working as well, I kind of got off, I kind of got overwhelmed, so I'll just focus on my work and just rest on weekends. And I was like, girl, you don't need that extra coin. Stop acting yeah. like you don't. <laughs> yeah. So then
1: you you started again and were you still Going the personal shopper route, or were you now? Had you did you have a sense of what people wanted?
0: I now had a sense of what people wanted, which is vintage denim. Um, uh, mostly, mostly. mostly what it is. Yeah, mostly people like vintage denim. So I would always be, I would always have orders. So after work, like I finished work at five, then I'd pass through town, sort of like look for stuff because now it's mm-hmm. getting dark. So my aunt was always like, Yo, you always have a lot of bags. So then when I go, the, go to work in the morning, I'm delivering stuff. When I went to work, I'm mm. delivering stuff as well. Then after work, because now my bags are empty, I then go and look for stuff, like get home late, you know. That's how it was working. Um, and then came the pandemic, so that everything was put to a stop. And then I thought, well... Because then I had started my brand, just like, you know, Canva vibes. I was just doing everything Mm. by myself. I was like, you know what? Let me now take time to come out of this with something that has more depth. So then I engaged a brand architect. I then engaged another web designer. And we just sat down put in some work. And then we did a rebrand. And we launched with a new collection. And it sold out in a week and i was like girl i I love that that is
1: awesome and i was gonna say your logo the aesthetic of the website your instagram page it's all very top class that's why i told you when i reached out to you i was really truly impressed Mm. because it just it looks like you have been around for 10 years you have so much experience so. i've just, just
0: been here for like a couple of months <laughs> yeah 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 so, i love that mm, thank you so much i really i really appreciate it. and like i said like when people come to me and they like your instagram page i'm like oh okay because i feel like it's not it's not all. It's not all that I'm just doing. Mm. You know what I can. You want to do more. And also, my friend, yeah. she helps me. She's like, why don't you mix this with that? You know, the lady that I share um, the showroom mm. with. So it's just been a learning mm-hmm. process and seeing other pages and deciding on the aesthetic that I that I like.
1: I love that. And do you you, going back to what you said about delivering, you deliver every order on your own?
0: No. So, okay. Um, engaged. engaged, engaged. Very company. So, what I basically do is if you make an order and you say you want it delivered, I just call them and they come and collect and they deliver to you. <laughs> wow.
1: And you are, in terms of financials, you are handling the accounting and everything? I have to for now. <laughs> wow this is where this is where that accounting degree would have come in handy
0: <laughs> <laughs> well this has to do with my o-level and my a-level accounting tests taking us thus far and we are yeah. grateful
1: <laughs> oh that's great i love that mm-hmm. um, thank you do you have any advice for any budding entrepreneurs i guess it's been a long journey for you mm-hmm. in terms of where you started and where you are now and you you even though you just started last year your instagram page already has 700 followers or more and i'm sure your website gets a lot of traffic mm. um what advice would you give to another entrepreneur who's thinking of starting another a business
0: so when people say entrepreneur these days it's like cool like yes sis, mm. i do my own thing i'm my own boss i'm shipping out orders everybody ordering and then i yeah. deliver <laughs> You know and it's a, you know it's great, it's a great motivation yeah. to start things, but you know, entrepreneurship is not like a walk in the park. Sis. Um, mm. you get days where you wake up and you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. There are times where you mix up orders, and sometimes you don't have the nicest of people, you know, ordering for you, and sometimes the feedback isn't always great, and you always have to take a step back and think that you know. They don't like the denim. They didn't say mm. they hate me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I could tell you that a couple of times last year, I wanted to, qu- there, were t- there were a lot of times I wanted to quit. And there were times where I wouldn't even take my Instagram for like a week and a half because I'm just so overwhelmed. And what I've learned in entrepreneurship is if you don't want to show up, then don't do it. Because mm. at the end of the day, about show up. you called me and you said you wanted a b c d and i said i could do mm. it so then i have to show up if i said friday i have to show up if we say you want to be very and yeah. i agree with you then i have to make a plan so that by friday you know i show up for you it's like showing up for your for your customers showing up for your yeah. your suppliers and all of that you know just being sticking to your word because it involves a lot of work and sometimes you don't mm. want to do it but you always have to to show up so i think what's important like yeah the term is great it's very empowering but there's a lot of work that goes into it and you need to be ready for it you need to be ready to show up all the time that's great
1: that is really great advice and I I'm I wouldn't consider myself an entrepreneur but I started this podcast recently and Mm. I do hope that it grows one day but but there are days when I wake up it is growing (laughs) there are days when I wake up and I'm like I really don't want to edit this one hour long audio interview that I did. But mm. when I put it out on Monday, uh, the response is really good. Or when I put it out and I listen to it and I'm like, wow, this is really good. It, it's like motivating me. Mm. But like you said, showing up before um, and doing the pre-work is actually important. Very hard.
0: And supporting <laughs> yourself. Because before mm. I started, people were like, what? An online, You want to do an online show? <laughs> So, like, yeah. second hand, show sure, this. Yeah. <laughs> so, you have to hype yourself up and be like, yes, this this is what we're yeah. doing, you know, just supporting yourself you as well. Because I think, because so, sometimes in life, we always wait for people's approval, people's support. And even, like, when you're in the business, you want other people to hype you up, hype your business up. And you're scared to promote what you do. Ew, Yo, promote yourselves! This every day. Exactly. Every day you post yeah. on Instagram and be like, "Yeah, but have you listened to my podcast?" Oh, I look nice <laughs> yeah. today. That's as nice as my podcast sounds. <laughs> you know, plug <laughs> like oh yourself. My gosh. Twitter, yeah. all these days, people will be tweeting like, "Tag a black business in the cop." Like, yes, mine called. <laughs>
1: I mean, oh my gosh I mean, yeah you gotta do it, I you gotta
0: so do bad. it. yeah that was exactly yeah
1: I love that that's great and what would you say um you know we've talked a bit about how entrepreneurship is really hard what are some of your biggest failures or moments where you really dropped the ball on something or where you really had a hard time doing something
0: I used to mix up orders man <laughs> You you would order a yellow jumpsuit for a And then you'd get a, yellow, you'd get a pink one and, oh you know, and I think the mistake that I made was that I didn't want to I didn't want to delegate So I'd do everything by myself And at the end of the day I'm feeling mm. overwhelmed And I wanted to show up for everything So ever since then I started um, Having other people doing the delivery um, mm. Asking for help You know That helped yeah. Because then I realize if I keep going at this rate, then people are going to talk about me and be like, yeah, the Instagram mm-hmm. looks nice, but huh? <laughs> the service is bad. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, I think that was, and yeah, that was, yeah, I mixed up an order once or twice. And I'll never forget how, how anxious I was. Oh. Like a whole, whole week. And I think yeah. I also made the, you know, mistake where you, you know people and you sort of take their advice as, you know, gospel.
1: Um, mm. I remember when I
0: started, people were like, ah, for secondhand, that much. This, yeah. That's too expensive. We can also go to the market and get it by ourselves for like a quarter mm. of the price. And I remember yeah, that was a week after I had I slashed all my prices into half you know what I mean oh. and that's a mistake that I made because then from there before up until the rebrand I never really looked at my brand like something big like people would promote their stuff but then I wouldn't promote it because in the back of my mind I'm just thinking well it's just secondhand, hand you know yeah um so that's one of the mistakes that I made but I'm glad mm. that happened because then I learned the lesson of like value valuing my business valuing what yeah. I do and even from like a personal space yeah. like I these days I value my time I value my mental Mm. wellness and I and I I know the type of space that I take up and I'm very all about it you know so you know from all those bad moments you always learn something
1: Mm. wow that's really good that's really great and what is one of your biggest successes or something that you think you've done really well so far
0: be the rebrand i think for me mm. it was such a highlight you know the support and i realized that when i started i didn't have the community that i have now yeah. so i didn't that was one of the biggest things because it was the launch but then what made it pop was the people that were around me the people that were supporting me and hyping mm. me up and introducing me to new audiences and speaking sense and saying go for this do this do that so i think yeah the community that came with it, the launch, and you know how the product went, and yeah, that's I think to date, yeah, on sort of the yeah. That's
1: awesome! I'm really happy for you. Your face you lights up. <laughs> up when you you're speaking about your baby, your yes, brand. Man. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Okay, I want to switch gears a bit mm-hmm. and talk more about sustainability. Mm-hmm. I know you had kind of uh, talked about it when you're talking about the values that you you hold and what's important to you and your vision for your store mm-hmm. um but as i said before we started the call i was really impressed that there was the sustainable that you were you were calling yourself a sustainable online thrift store and that it was based in zimbabwe because like like i said when i think of sustainability you think and susta- a- the sustainable exactly the sustainable fashion movement. I think of Europe and all these big brands where it costs like $200 to buy a t-shirt. But I grew up on sustainable fashion. For those of you listening who don't know, the Zimbabwe fashion industry is, it's not where other countries' fashion industries are in terms of new brands and big brands. And a lot of people go to South Africa to buy their their clothes to go to stores like Zara and everything mm-hmm. but I grew up going to the flea market because you know going to South Africa it's not just like an easy thing to do you have to spend money to do that but I grew up going to the flea market and I also had an older sister so I did have hand me downs for a bit when I was younger mm-hmm. um, but what why do you think promoting sustainable fashion especially because those who have Instagram are more likely I guess to you know buy want to buy from new brands because on Instagram there's all this marketing all these ads you want to buy from you know the Zara's the Mm. ASOS the the UK US brands but why do you think promoting sustainable fashion especially in an African country like
0: Zimbabwe is important I think it's important because I believe everybody has got a role to play when it comes to the environment. Like, you know, Mm. we are the custodians of like the the places that we live in, you know, nature. So Mm. I might not be out there going, I might not be going out there to plant 100 trees every week, Mm. or I might not be picking up tons of trash and recycling or whatever. But I do think that everybody can play a part um, in being friendly to the environment. So I feel like because as Zimbabweans we love dressing up and we love looking good and just making yes. people aware that you can take care of your environment in an area yeah. that you're passionate about like clothes um mm. that's what made me that's why I think like it was it was a good it was a good um, you know subject to sort of talk about yeah it was just mainly like you can play your part I mean do something about it because we never really you don't even know like how many gallons do they use to make a t-shirt exactly how much water do they use to to make a pair of denim so Mm. say for example it's like 50 liters to make one pair of denim so you're just gonna wear it once and throw it away yeah is it biodegradable Mm. are you thinking of the woman in taiwan that gets paid like i don't know 15 cents an hour to make that Mm. denim you know things like that and also I mean, fast fashion, man. I believe like if you understand the value of sustainable fashion, you also understand the value of having a style and not just hopping on trends and hopping on and off trends. Because I know I like a good pair of jeans with a white shirt and my heels or my sneakers, whatever. So I have basics that are in my closet. I don't have to keep shopping for them all the time because I know that my leather jacket, I've had my leather jacket for how many years now? For five years. And I wear it every mm-hmm. time winter comes. And after that, I put it away because I understand that like it took a lot. So for me to just throw it away, it yeah. doesn't, you know, it doesn't make sense. So mm. that I feel like the aspect of being environmentally environmentally responsible and also mm. that, um, understanding of what your style is like. Because I think if you've yeah. got less in your closet, you figure out what you like and you won't just be mm. buying like oh this isn't fashion now i'm gonna buy it oh we're kind of blocking now yes i'm gonna go for it oh you know like yeah you
1: streamline that is i love that that's something that i had to learn because as i said i didn't grow up you know being able to afford all the nice brands and everything. So when I came to the States and there were these affordable Forever 21s, H&Ms, you know, where you get a t-shirt for $9 compared to the 30 bucks that you have to pay for a t-shirt at Zara. I was also hopping on trends and when it came fall and the trend changed, I was hopping on that. When it came spring and the trend changed, So four times a year, the trend is changing and trends change every single year so quickly. And I would just end up with these clothes Mm. that I would wear once and then donate. And I was always taught to donate my clothes. But it's just like, like you said, you're not thinking about the people who are making those clothes. You're not thinking about the effect it has on the environment.
0: It's very, very wasteful. At least you were donating. So that's a good thing. Because if you wear it once, then someone is going to wear it fully, you know, like. To have a full yeah. wear for a t-shirt up until like okay yeah. we cannot wear this anymore let's like pass mm. let's like pass it on so at least you weren't just throwing away stuff you were giving it yeah, to someone no. that has a use for it and i was the same as well when i moved to south africa mm. i was like what exactly oh, no, no, no. i was like what is this world and, like, I ended up, <laughs> and, like, you know i ended up boarding stuff up, up to up until mm. then i was like oh my gosh this just i felt i know it sounds dramatic but i was just so like i felt like i was being it was just so suffocating having so many things mm. like i couldn't even think clearly so that's mm. when i started then selling my stuff and i know that, that like i've got two white t-shirts and this and that and that when i don't want it anymore i'm gonna sell it and move yeah. on to the next person and I don't, I don't i'm not surrounded by too many things you know
1: yeah i love that that's really great um and in terms of other forms of sustainability how do you i know you said you you if there's no bin you bring your trash mm. home with you but what are other ways that you um are trying to be more conscious of your environmental effect
0: in your day-to-day life um I think i'm very particular about the like the ground mm. and i just sometimes i just walk and i just pick out i just pick up trash I just put mm. it in the bin You know, yeah, and Mm. just planting, like, you know, little plants and stuff like that, Mm. and just yeah, basically it. I think I'm more concerned about, like, you know, how the environment looks when I'm walking Mm. around, so I just do my part, which is just more, even if it's just like picking up a paper that's you know, in town or in the street when I'm walking Mm. at home. That's you're an angel. Wow, (laughs) I am not.
1: (laughs) <laughs> oh i love that yeah. and what are your goals for your store where do you see it heading in the future do you have what would be your ideal
0: situation for your store i think just being able to like a more efficient system um because i'm not where i would want it to be but sustainability forms in a form of like a system Like if I decide I'm taking a break for like two weeks, I need to get to a point where my business can run efficiently without me. I don't have to be like, Mm. no, we don't like the quality of those jeans. I will know that I've got a team that's responsible for quality check. We've got internal terms of how, you know, orders are done without me being involved. So I think the sustainability aspect of it from a systems point of view. Mm,
1: That's a really great I wasn't even thinking of that when I was thinking of goals that you could share I was thinking oh maybe I want to you know expand to this place yes. or you know <laughs> but I, I that's very practical and very business-minded which is why you're going to be successful I and I have... already know it, I,
0: it. Come <laughs> through this. I, it. Yeah. I don't know why I speak like that I need to stop it <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> okay and just to wrap up we're all in lockdown currently. You're working from home. I'm working from home. How are you taking care of yourself, your mental health during quarantine?
0: Okay. So I think I've been that person um, that grew up wanting to make everyone happy so oh, if yeah. you ask me to do this I'll say yes I'll do it even though I don't want to do it but then you know I like you and you know <laughs> yeah honestly. but over this time because now you work and live in the same place so if you're not careful you'll forever be working so I've just you know started creating boundaries when I can't do something this whole year and last year I've been learning to just say no <laughs> hey Elsie can you like hmm, no I can't no <laughs> I mean I don't even have to give you a reason I just cannot and yeah, that's it, it is what it is you know and just setting boundaries like I don't attend to stuff about work after hours I don't do that anymore um I stopped responding to emails at 8 30 because then that's when my work starts you know what I mean um and also just taking care of my hair and my skin because your hair and skin are very beautiful by the way thank you so much mm-hmm. so just taking care of my hair um taking care of my skin if my body wants mm. to sleep i let it sleep sis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, i love that and I've, I've done a whole prior i've like done a priority list like what's in my life mm. and what do i prioritize and that is really helpful because sometimes there can be so much noise and if you don't prioritize you'll spend so much time on things that aren't really necessary so many gems wow wow i love
1: it (laughs) you are a wise big assistant to me already i'm gonna be in your dms (laughs) for advice yeah
0: anytime (laughs) you've got my number (laughs) you've got my number
1: uh but yeah i i also have been struggling well not now but early I was struggling with the boundaries between what is work and what is home time so the same thing as you I don't open my laptop until 8 30 uh-huh. when work is done at 5 30 my laptop is closed We've exactly mm-hmm. if I didn't finish my work that's on me and I need to figure out how to manage my time yes. from 8 30 to 5 30 mm-hmm. uh, and also I heard um, I can't remember where it was it must have been a book or something or on another podcast, they said, make no your default answer. We were always taught to make yes our default answer, especially as women, to say yes to mm-hmm. whatever requests other people have. But I heard, make no your default answer and you will have less of a hard time, you know, um, saying yes. Because when you say yes, you'll know that it's something that you, that you really, really want, want to do.
0: To do. True. Exactly. That's actually very true. It's so- very Mm-hmm. that's so true i should learn to yeah. say no more often hey to <laughs> yeah. do you that <laughs> and just stop people pleasing in general because sometimes mm. i don't know the way you grow up you know but the way i grew up it's just like what would people say mm. how would they look at you mm-hmm. you know is that acceptable in our society exactly. is at a point where i'm like i'm gonna do me because to society exactly. sometimes even my skin tone isn't as great and maybe my Mm. smile is not good enough so if I keep living for people then I'm not really doing justice for myself you know exactly and especially in quarantine
1: Mm. like you said earlier you know as an entrepreneur you need to learn to show up well as a human being who is you know currently trying to make it through this quarantine time you need to show up for yourself true which I think is really important it is actually (laughs) um yeah well thank you so much for this this is so <laughs> much fun and I learned I literally learned so much I'm taking notes <laughs> when I start my own business I'm going to be coming to you for all all the ins and outs of entrepreneurship yeah when I when I'm crying at night because you know I messed something up I'm going to come to you because you okay. have it's, that experience. it's okay to mess up hey yeah. you never
0: start off Doing everything correctly or whatever mm. so it's okay to yeah. make mistakes but yeah feel free when you start your business and if I ever decide I to will. start a podcast I'll be like hey so which mic should I have? <laughs> I love that girl
1: supporting girls <laughs> yes um, it's important but yeah this is such a fun episode and I know a lot of people will get a lot of value out of it I hope and so. where can people find you and your store online and on the web on social media
0: so, people can find me on my Instagram. I'm trying to get to 2,000 followers. So, y'all yeah, follow the girl.
1: Follow uh, her,
0: please. <laughs> at Elsie Mutsaka on Instagram. So, um, the way I've done it, if you look for me on any social media platform, the name is just Elsie Mutsaka at Elsie on all social media okay. platforms. And then for my shop, it's only on, which is at Shop Online and the online store, which is shopify.co.w.
1: Great. I will put all of the information in the show notes but yeah thank you so much for your time Elsie I really truly appreciate it and as I said I'm so impressed with what you're doing because you're inspiring a lot of people and honestly this is I don't want to say groundbreaking (laughs) because sustainable fashion has been around for a while but specifically in Zimbabwe a black woman-owned business that supports sustainable fashion is really going to change things in the country so I'm really grateful to you for paving the way for
0: you know other young girls like me and yeah. everyone really. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for um, having me it's funny because at the beginning of at the end of last year i wrote down some stuff and i was like oh i'd like to get speaking opportunities and then there was COVID, and i was like what this is a sign, god you know but just getting at the platform to just speak to just share my story i really appreciate it and you know yeah you just having time to to <laughs> chat with me thank you so much for um you know giving me this chance so i really appreciate of it of course <laughs> okay
1: have a good day thank bye. you
0: bye
1: Y'all what a great chat with my new friend Elsie. She was the first guest that I've had on the show who I didn't know before recording so I'm really glad that the call went so well. We had such a lovely time. Of course I was a little sleepy at the beginning because (laughs) she's in Zimbabwe right now and I'm you know, six hours behind. So I had to wake up a little early to accommodate her. But hopefully I didn't sound too drained throughout the call. But yeah, this was such a valuable episode for me. And if you are looking to start a business, I would highly recommend checking out Shop Efuru and reaching out to Elsie to see, you know, if she'd be willing to give you any tips. And I hope this episode brought you lot of value both in terms of entrepreneurship but also sustainable fashion and making new friends (laughs) thank you so much for listening to another episode another guest episode of and other things i hope you enjoyed it tune in every monday to listen to another episode of and other things don't forget to subscribe and share and follow and other things on Instagram. This podcast was hosted, written, and produced by me. Thank you again for listening. Take care. Bye.